When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. That goes kind of like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to oh. check the sound real quick. Okay. Make sure it's. Go ahead and talk into that. All right. Maybe, um, maybe a little bit closer. A little closer? That sounds great. Okay. That sounds great. So this has got to be like I could lick it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, yeah. This is a really ugly flavor. Yeah, it is. It's like black licorice or something. Yeah, which black licorice ice cream. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki, and today I'm here with Becky Luker, and we are sitting in, what what would this room be qualified as? Well, this would be the living room. We are in the living room. But, or living room library, because okay. they did use this as their library also. Okay. But when it was a funeral home, this would have been a viewing room. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to point out some windows to you. Okay. See those windows over there, the three that are in a circle? Yes. That's called a rotund window. And that's where, when this was a funeral home, they would set the caskets in the rotund window so that the air would kind of keep the smell out. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> now, oh, that's so fascinating. <laughs> well, and it was a beautiful window to be, mm-hmm. to be seen in also. It's yeah. a gorgeous window. And then the windows over here, now those are, um, oh gosh, what is the name for them? Uh, bay windows. Those mm-hmm. are just bay windows. There's three windows, and, and all the purpose of rotund windows and bay windows is to catch the breeze. And boy, in Oklahoma, at the oh. turn of the century, when there was no air conditioning, you wanted to catch breezes. I don't know. Like, especially after this week, I don't know how people survived. <laughs> especially <laughs> when, when you, when you think about a, the clothes that they wore. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yes. Oh. And it's been a very cool spring, mm-hmm. and up until this last week, it's been lovely. Yeah. And here we are complaining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're wishing the and rain was back. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. So if you just want to, uh, I guess, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and sure. talk about how you came to be the owner of the Stone Lion. Well, um, I bought this house in 1986. And I moved over here from Santa Fe, New Mexico. I used to be an English teacher and a history teacher in high school. Then I got out of that and I got into real estate and real estate development. I ended up owning a large real estate company in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And then I got into construction also and I did historic restorations. And oh, that's some, so cool. Yeah, I did a little bit of everything. And then I got a divorce. And... Um, it was sad, and I wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. And I had a girlfriend call me from Arkansas, and she said, 
you have got to come over here. There's a bed and breakfast going up for sale. It's really close to mine. She owned a bed and breakfast mm-hmm. in Yaleville, Arkansas. Yeah. And she said, you are going to love it, and it'll be perfect for you. And we'd been talking about my, you know, possibly getting into the bed and breakfast business. I had owned one in Santa Fe, but I didn't run it. One of my other brokers ran it for me. And I thought, that'd be a great business to be in with small children. I can stay mm-hmm. at home with them, and I won't be yeah. going, you know. So I thought, that'd be perfect. So I went over to Arkansas, and it was in Yale. It was in uh, Mountain View, cute little town up in the Ozarks. They have the Ozark Folk uh, Museum there, and okay. they have a cave, and they have uh, kind of like a miniature Branson. They've got things to do in the evening. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, music, vid- music uh, venues. Yeah. And I looked at the house. It was adorable. I loved it, and I spent a couple of days there mulling it over. And about the time I was ready to finalize a contract, I said, I better check out the school system. <laughs> Since I used to be a teacher, duh. Yeah. So, it's like, oh, yeah. They made arrangements for me to go to the school system, and it was really nice. And I had this little assistant principal show me around, and it was great. And at the end of the tour, this is what he said to me. You are just the right kind of people to move into Mountain View, Arkansas. And we are so glad that you're going to buy that bed and breakfast because we're all about tourism. We want to keep all of our tourist attractions, and that's one of them. You know, ever since the shirt factory burned down and they sent all the equipment to Bangladesh, we just don't have anything but tourism going on for us. Oh, my gosh. And I... And he said, and don't worry about your children. They'll be safe. We have very little, very little violence and, and crime in Mountain View, Arkansas. And we have no black people. He oh really my, said that. Oh, we my We have gosh. no black people. Wow. And I said, I don't think I understand. And said, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the correlation here. I don't understand here. <laughs> that. And he said, well, you have to understand. This is the Ozarks. There never were black people much in the Ozarks because they weren't plantations. The topsoil is shallow. You can't grow many crops. They never had, you know, big plantations that could afford to, to have slaves. And so the slavery went on down in southern Arkansas where there's flat land and lots of water and plenty, mm-hmm. you know, and plenty of, of uh, places for plant plantations, but just not up here. And, um, and I, I felt like he was equating black people with violence yeah and that that was that we'd have no we have no violence in right. Mountain View because we don't have any black people right so that's definitely what it that sounded was like the turn that that was what he was getting across to me and I so I said children go back to the car <laughs> <laughs> mommy has to talk to this man yeah <laughs> and um here take the car keys and roll up the windows <laughs> and they got out of earshot mm. and I kind of unloaded on him, and I told him what I thought about what he had just said to me. And I did mention his mother and other relatives. <laughs> yeah. And a limited gene pool. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, all those kinds of oh, things yeah. I should not have said, yeah. really. Yeah, to somebody you don't know very well. But um, but I think he I think he earned it. <laughs> yeah, and I know that he knew where I wanted him to go when I was done. Yeah. And then I went back and got the kids and went down and ripped up the real estate contract and headed back to Santa Fe. And on my way back, I saw Guthrie on the map. And what I, what could I remember about Guthrie? Guthrie, I knew, was one of the single largest historic preserves 
one of the best done for a small town. That's a town like under 50,000 who have done a really fabulous job in restoring their town. They were considered one of the top 10. So I thought, well, we have to sleep somewhere tonight. Let's go sleep in Guthrie. And uh, I spent the night at the Best Western, got up the next morning, came downtown and found a picture of this house on a real estate window. And I inquired and uh, they said, we can show you that this afternoon. And I saw black people. (laughs) (laughs) You thought, this this is better. And I saw black people on the street. Mm -hmm. And I saw Hispanic people, which, Mm -hmm. of course, coming from Santa Fe, was very familiar with, and Native American Indians, because, good heavens, uh, they certainly have plenty of those in New Mexico. And I just felt much more comfortable here. Mm. And uh, um, I was here for three days, and it just all kind of fell in together. And uh, went back to Santa Fe and was here in 30 days. Oh, my gosh. That's so... Yeah. So it, it just, it was perfect. It was just like Providence. It's yeah. Just, it, it was meant to be. And um, I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah. It just turned out to be a really wonderful place to live. Have you ever seen the movie Under the Tuscan Sun? Yes. You know how she goes to the house and... Yes. And it's she like, knows she should yes, be there. It yes. speaks to her. She knows she should be there. There's, there's a reason for her to be mm-hmm. there. Yes. I would say it was just like that. It was so much like that. Oh, my gosh. Because I just felt, I fell in love with the house. When I first came into it, I just felt, this is it. This is the right place. I uh, met some bankers in town. I met with them, and they made this, they made this happen for me. They mm-hmm. helped me. They really went out of their way. They were looking for somebody to help them with tourism. This mm-hmm. Ralph McCalmont, who owned the bank, and... He was really wanting to develop this into a tourism town, and and they took a chance on me, and uh, everybody did. I just I had the most wonderful experiences here. Oh my gosh, that's great. so cool! It was great, but nobody told me it was a funeral home. Yeah, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> of course, there's the, that side of it too. Of you course, know. yeah. No, nobody told me that there were people here in town who thought this house was haunted. Yeah. And uh, that they didn't share that. Of course not. <laughs> because they wanted me to stay, right? Yeah. So I didn't find that out for several months. Um, I didn't know, for instance, that this little girl had died in the house. Mm. Now, the first Mrs. Houghton and Mr. Houghton came with the land rush of 1889. And they settled this property and the property next door. And they actually built a house next door to this one, which is now gone. It was a little shotgun house. And they moved in and had four children, and she died. And he remarried. His second wife had two more children while they were living next door. But by then, he had amassed a huge fortune in the Oklahoma Territory. He had the first cotton gin. He was the founder of Cotton Oil Company. He had three mercantile stores, several grocery wow. stores, and the first car dealership. Wow. So he got to be, he became very wealthy, and yeah. they commissioned this house to be built in 1906. In its time, this was the most expensive house built in Guthrie. It cost $11,900. Oh my gosh. And that was a lot of money then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the average house was being built between $800 and $1,200. That's so, so that's like... So this is 10 times yeah. more expensive. Yeah. Oh, that's And so they moved wild. into the house in 1907 and had six more children. Wow. Now, I used to be a teacher. I'm going to give you a test. Okay. You have to pass three questions or you have to stay here and clean house this weekend. Okay. <laughs> How many children did the first wife have? 
Oh, none. Four. Four. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you failed already. I did fail. I guess I guess I work here now. <laughs> how, many, how many children did the second wife have? One. No. No. She had two next two. door okay. and six when she moved here. Oh, okay. Eight. Oh. Twelve children. Oh my gosh. Okay. All, they had 12 children all together. Wow. And this one is the only one that died in childhood, which was wow. unusual. Yeah. And um, we thought for a long time that her name was Augusta. Mm. And we were later told when ghost hunters came here that her name was Irene. When you have those people come, they do a thorough background investigation of everything before they get here. Really? They knew more about this house than I did. Oh, my gosh. They knew more about the town. They knew more about everything. Yeah. And they knew more about me, too. <laughs> Some things I'd rather nobody knew. Yeah. It's <laughs> a little unnerving. <laughs> well, it really is. But apparently, early on when they were first started out, um, which was like back in the early 2000s yeah. or mm -hmm. in the, maybe in the 1990s It was, it was when sci-fi was still sci-fi instead of S-Y-F-Y. It was before they did that branding did change. That branding yeah. Change. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, they apparently got punked. Somebody oh. they got they went into somebody's house and the person there had set some traps yeah. or set up some electronical things. Mm -hmm. I don't know what exactly happened, but they got punked. Okay. And after that, they did investigations of people before they went to the. That makes sense. Them. And I, yeah. it does make sense. Mm -hmm. It really does. Definitely. Yeah, I can imagine how that would be very humiliating on their for them like to be had in that way by someone right yeah so after that they apparently they found out a lot more about you before they got there that makes sense so they were the ones who told me the little girl's name was irene mm -hmm. that augusta had lived to be about 83 which i felt really bad about calling this little ghost this other old lady's name <laughs> <laughs> so we had to talk of that over for a while and we moved into the house. I went back um, after I got a contract on the on the house. Mm -hmm. I went back to Santa Fe, and um, I had my house up for sale. And I had already sold my real estate company, and but I still owned um, a, a small construction company. We just mostly did historic restorations, and mm -hmm. we did some framing for some general contractors. And I told those guys what I was doing that I had decided to move to Guthrie, Oklahoma. I was going to start a bed and breakfast, mm -hmm. and I needed to put eight bathrooms in this old house. Oh my gosh! And would they please come with me? <laughs> and then I would give them all of our contracts and the name of the company and everything if they would just come with me and help. Yeah. I know most of these guys since junior high school. You know, New Mexico's mm -hmm. a small population, and they said sure. So they came out with me, and then I told my mother what I was doing. And my mother was really tall and handsome and stern. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, Becky, you can live in Santa Fe with seven men. No one will think anything of it. It's not going to play in Guthrie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'll go as your chaperone. Yeah. <laughs> my mother came as my chaperone and my kids. And we packed up all my furniture and in about three big rider trucks mm -hmm. and drove over here. And um, we all moved in. Mm -hmm. After the closing, we all moved in. Now, imagine the day of closing. I'm going through this house and there's nothing left. 
It had all been auctioned off, except that big white table out there in that hallway. Oh, my gosh. Don't say gosh. anything okay. yet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we're going through the house, and this is beautiful. And that table was in the kitchen at the time. Oh, wow. And um, I had been admiring it. Every time I'd come into the house, I'd said, this is such a beautiful, unusual table. And Mrs. Walker would say, yes, it is. <laughs> now... She was about the age I am now. I'm 70 now. And um, so she was probably about that age. And she was um, kind of short and kind of round. She dressed really pretty and had some gorgeous clothes. She looked kind of like a Christmas ornament. Mm -hmm. And um, we're, we walked by the table. I'd, we'd gone through all the other rooms and checked off all the list of things that needed to be finished and all that. I came to that table, and I said, but Mrs. Walker, aren't you going to take this table? And she says, no, sugar, we're downsizing. We don't have room for that table. But you had admired it when you was here. We thought we'd leave it for you. Would you like to have that table? I would love to have that table. It's so unusual. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is unusual. <laughs> and I said, is it a baker's table? And she said, well, it certainly could be sugar. It's yours now. You use it any way you want. She knew damn well it was the embalming table. <laughs> oh I didn't find out for three months. Oh, my God. Three months later, I find out this is an embalming table. And this is how I found out. My, by this time, my children are in school. Mm -hmm. Now, both of my children are lawyers. But the older one began practicing when he was 12. <laughs> he argues. <laughs> yeah. If you have people out there, if you have a child that argues a lot, and it, just, it seems to be their compulsion, think about law school. <laughs> Put them to good yeah. use. It works. <laughs> so he uh, was arguing all the time at school. And in Santa Fe, they just thought he was kind of bright and kind of charming. In Guthrie, Oklahoma, they just thought he was an ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's obnoxious little fool, isn't he? Yeah. And so I would get these ugly things from teachers at school telling me mm -hmm. how obnoxious my child was, and he was just horrible and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my gosh. And I would go and talk to them and, to, you know, and um, I would say, well, you know, I really agree with you. He is pretty obnoxious, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't like him either. <laughs> But uh, but he does seem to make good grades, doesn't he? How are his grades? And they said, oh, that. Well, yeah, he does have straight A's. <laughs> Gee, isn't that too bad? What are we going to do about that? You know? Yeah. Well, they said, well, he has an F in deportment. And I said, I don't think that transfers onto a college transcript. Yeah. And they didn't like that answer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't think they liked me either. Yeah. So... Um, finally, one teacher has caught him after school one day. Let's think about that woman from Kansas that took the dog, Toto, mm -hmm. with the crooked finger. Yeah. And she says, well, Grant, I have figured out who you are. And he says, who do you think I am? You're the child whose mother bought the old Smith funeral home. My mother did not buy a funeral home. Yes, she did, Grant. Is that old white table still in the kitchen? Oh, my God. And he says, yes, that's my mother's baker's table. 
Oh, no, it isn't, Grant. That's an embalming table. Do you know what they do on embalming tables? And she proceeds to tell him, only she didn't describe embalming. She described autopsy. Oh, my God. You know, the Y cut. Yeah. The cat popped off. The face pulled down. The whole yeah. thing. Oh, it was terrifying. He came home that afternoon. He was so angry with me. He has his little brother by the hand, and he can't think of the right term to think that to get him what he wants and mm-hmm. after all he is going to be a lawyer so he tells me that he and his brother want a divorce <laughs> they are divorcing me and moving back to santa fe <laughs> oh my gosh oh yes and so i and i went to the bank the next day and i said hey did you guys sell me a funeral home well it used to be a funeral home but that was a long time ago sometime back in the 20s or something what had happened is the Houghtons had fallen on bad times in the 20s. The bow weevil struck, and a weevil-resistant strain of corn, uh, uh, cotton had not been developed, and um, nor had DDT. Mm-hmm. So they, everyone was going broke in the cotton market, and they were suffering terribly. But they had a mercantile store in Enid. Oil had been discovered outside of Enid, and at one time... They thought Enid would be as large or larger than Oklahoma City. It was growing that fast. Wow. So I think it was the Permian Basin is where the big oil field was for that area. So they moved to Enid where they had a mercantile store, and um, but they didn't want to sell this house. They wanted to keep it, so they leased it to Smith's Funeral Home, and this became a mortuary. Wow. And that's why the house had a... A, a mortuary slab in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it was part of the history of the house. Yeah. So if we have things in this house, we like we prefer to just say the house. Mm-hmm. The house has the house has issues. Mm-hmm. It probably has more than one. The little girl died um, when she was seven from whooping cough. The maid accidentally over-medicated her. At the turn of the century, they were using opium and codeine Mm. in in cough syrups. And as the cough would get worse in the late afternoon and early morning, they would just administer more and more cough syrup, and children went to sleep and died. Mm. Well, in her case, the maid had over-medicated her, and she died. Um, So that was a common thing to happen. And, of course, it was blamed on on the whooping cough, and... Some of it may have been, should have been blamed on the caregiver yeah. or, or whatever. But that's why people thought this house was haunted. It had been a funeral home, and before that, the little girl had died in it. And it had a reputation in town, which no one told me about when I bought it. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we move into this house. I move in here with these uh, six carpenters, one engineer, and my mother. And we're hearing things all the time but when you're living with that many people you figure somebody's up going to the bathroom oh yeah somebody's getting something to eat or somebody's mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes out on the front porch yeah and so you don't think about it you don't think that you know and you hear the noises that we hear we hear all day long it's not just at night mm-hmm. you hear now we hear a Shortly after moving in here, and the children and I were living on the third floor, we would hear the footsteps go up the steps up to the third floor. The door would open, the door would close, there would be no midi there. And uh, others of the people, the guys who were working for me and, and living here in the house, they would hear 
uh, a woman, uh, they could hear her laughter on the second floor. And sometimes around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, people would think they would hear a woman walking up the stairs and kind of laughing. And there was always the sound of children moving around in the house, not just mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the third floor had been their playroom. It's a big 2,000-square-foot room. In many houses, it would be called the ballroom. Okay. That's where you would have a dance or a party, and mm-hmm. you had it on the top floor. And you just sent before you're going to have a party, you send the housekeeper up to muck out, you know, a few days in advance, and put whatever pieces of, of furniture you needed, and then you'd have a party, and then you would take it back down, and you wouldn't have to worry about it for the rest of the year, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the children of the Houghton children, they had twelve of them. Yeah, they needed a playroom, so yeah. that was apparently their playroom. And that's a room where we are. We constantly hear movement around, and my children oh, wow. have would hear somebody playing in their closet. Yeah, they have a toy closet on the third floor. Oh my gosh! And they would. Uh, my younger son, particularly. Now, my younger son, when we bought the house, was seven, and she was seven when she died in the house. And I think she wanted to communicate with him, and she played with his toys. And on two occasions that I know of for sure, he opened the door and he saw her sitting on the floor in his toy closet. Oh, my gosh. I just got chills. Like, oh. Yeah. And, you know, he told he he was very close to uh, the lady who had become our housekeeper, Mm -hmm. Michelle Smith. And she's my best friend in the whole world. And and he would talk to her about everything. The whole chain of command changed when Michelle came into our life. Mm. They went to her with everything, especially if they were in trouble. Yeah. They could be in trouble at school, and they, some, she, they'd come home and tell her what they'd done, and she would say something like, don't you ever do that again. Now, I will find a good time to tell your mother. <laughs> in the meantime, you just keep quiet about this and don't do it again. And she would find a time to tell me mm-hmm. two or three or four years later. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. You know, it's too late to beat them or anything. Yeah, exactly. You know? So you can't kill the kids for something you did four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, the statute of limitations yeah, is think, up. Yeah. yeah. So um, she, one day, I hear my younger son, Ral, he's in the kitchen and he's talking to Michelle and I had guests in the dining room and I was having breakfast with them and I could hear him talking saying something about oh just fix me something to drink or something to eat I'm going to go back later when she's done so I thought he was looking for me so I popped in the kitchen I said are you looking for me and he said no I said um do you have is somebody upstairs with you no well who's this she person you're talking about And he looks at Michelle, and Michelle looks at him, and she said, I think you should tell her. And he looks at me, and he said, it's the ghost. (gasps) The G word has been said. Yeah. He never said the G word. I've never said that to my children. Mm. And I said the dumbest thing. I said, how do you know it's a girl? And he looked at me like I was crazy and said, because I know the difference. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, that is so typical, Ral. Mm-hmm. If he is a tax attorney, mm-hmm. and he's you know he with Goldman Sachs in New York. He's not that kind of a you know. Yeah, he doesn't make up stuff. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. You know, he's really a serious man. Matter of fact, yes, very. Mm-hmm. And by the way, today is his birthday. Oh, well, happy he's, birthday! He's forty. Today. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they're cute at this age. <laughs> 
They dress themselves. They look good. They're always matching. And they take you to dinner. That's awesome. And they pay. <laughs> so, um, things that have happened is we, we just, we've always just kind of lumped all this together as the house. The house is having issues today, or the house is not up. When I moved out of the house, I lived here for 10 years, and we had the house had this horrible stare, smell down the west hallway. As soon as the guests left on Sundays, we started getting this terrible smell, and Michelle and I went down in the basement. We cleaned the basement. We cleaned the walls. We came upstairs. We were looking, trying to figure out, what is this coming from? Yeah. And it, during the week, we'd smell this horrible smell on the house, and then when the guests began arriving, it would disappear, just like that. So she's got it figured out that the house is missing us, that we had moved out, and it was upset. Mm-hmm. So she leaves me here one Sunday, and she said, you have to stop and talk to the house. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. She said, sit right there on the stairs and just tell it that you're not going to leave it. And that you will always be coming back and that you'll take care of it. And I said, okay. And so I did. We had a long talk all by ourselves, the house and I. And I explained what I was doing. And I had moved over there so the kids would have a little more privacy because they were underfoot here with lots of mm-hmm. guests. And that um, I would always be back here every week. And I would always be sure that it was cleaned and taken care of and that we would always love it. And, uh, and make sure that whoever took it after me would care for it and the smell went away oh my gosh it did but the house has protected us too really i was in here one night by myself it was it was in the spring and my kids were next door at the some people used to live next door to us on Mm -hmm. the on the um west side of the house and they their children were about the same age as my children and they were all over there playing and some guys it was a nice night out and so i had one of the doors open and some boys just came in the house unannounced, but I could hear a bunch of boys in the front room. And it really kind of scared me because I didn't know yeah. how old they were. And they were kind of crowding around. I was back in the kitchen. And in my mind, I was just just kind of screaming out my older son's name. And, the, and I wasn't screaming, but mm-hmm. I was just hearing myself saying, Grant, Grant, mm-hmm. Grant. And all of a sudden, Grant comes out of the back door of the house next door and jumps over the fence and comes in the living room, and these boys ran out. He said, I said, how did you know to come? He said, you were screaming at me. And the, and I looked at the the father next door, and I said, did you hear him? And did, I mean, did you hear me? And he said, no, I didn't hear you, but he said, you were in trouble. Wow. And so they came over, and they ran the guys off. And yeah. we did call the police, and... Mm-hmm. They got picked up. Then another time, we started getting broken into, and it mm-hmm. was always happening on Sunday nights. And it, it would be after the we our we'd had guests all weekend, and we had probably some liquor bottles stuck in the window and in, in the kitchen, and they probably faced out toward the the um, alley. And some boys were going up down the alley. We think that's where they saw the liquor bottles and they just decided to break in and start stealing the liquor. Well, our guests used to just bring their own bottles. We mm-hmm. wouldn't drink it. We'd just put it back there and then they would, and if they didn't pick it up, we'd remember the next you know, time we yeah. went to go take it out to the trash. So they started breaking in and taking the liquor. So I did make a report to the police, but they weren't terribly excited about that. 
And then they started breaking in and they started taking food. And I couldn't begrudge anybody food, mm. so I just didn't even mention that. And then they started breaking in, taking the food, and cooking it here in the house. <laughs> oh, that's Sundays. so weird. <laughs> and that got a little scary because I thought yeah. they might burn the house down yeah. accidentally. So we did have to report that. And so they started watching. Mm. and But nobody could ever catch them. And it was usually on a Sunday night. Nobody caught them coming in or anything. And it was just so strange. Yeah. And... Then they, my sister and I decided to come over here and try to catch them. Like, we would know what to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, we, the police right. weren't catching them. We'll go catch them, you know. We're going to so take this into our own hands. Two 40-year-old women out <laughs> yeah. here in the back, you know. Yeah. Parked in the church parking Doing lot a with our out. heads down, you know, really. <laughs> yeah. And trench coats on the whole bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the back windows, and we're going to catch these guys. And we waited, and we waited, and we waited. It's getting like 11 o'clock mm-hmm. on a Sunday night, and it's, I'm tired. And I said, this is not happening tonight. So I'm going to go. I get, I've got something i got to get inside, and I'll go in. And she said, I'll wait for you here. So I came around the front door, came in the house, went back to the kitchen, and we have a TV back there. And that TV suddenly went on, and it was just snow, and it makes this horrifying sound, like, mm. Like uh, somebody's strangling a cat, and yeah. I'm thinking it's trying to tell me something, mm. and it's trying to tell me to get out. And mm-hmm. so I got out. I just left, and and uh, I closed up real quick, and I went out through the back door, and I got out. And sure enough, we got broke into about 20 minutes later. We weren't here, but we got broke into, and the police had called us. Oh We'd my been gosh! Broken into. If I had been in there when they mm-hmm. broke in, I could have been injured. Or something. Oh yeah. So I felt like the house was trying to protect us because I definitely got out of there when that yeah. TV went on by itself and made all those noises. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was really scary. Oh, that is so... Yeah. It's cool, though, that like it's almost like an energy exchange with the house, like it looking after you and you looking after it, yeah. kind of. We always tell people who are staying in the house, and we have a lot of guests that like to come during the mm-hmm. week and spend the night in the house alone, which we do allow them to do. Mm-hmm. If you take care of the house, the house takes care of you. Mm-hmm. And that's always been our policy. Take care of the house, the house will take care of you. And we've always felt that way. Yeah. We've always felt safe in the house. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And oh my, my kids did too. Good. But they won't come over here by themselves now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once they grew up and got away from it, they were just not. Yeah. It, it was it's unsettling to them now to come yeah. back to it, unless they come with me or somebody else else and when they were living in the house when they were little i would always have lots of kids in here mm-hmm. even during the week kids would spend the night with us who lived out in the country and their parents didn't want to have to cart them back and forth to mm-hmm. school to an event or something yeah. and so they would spend the night with me and then i would take them to school the next day and they would have a bunch of boys all the time mm-hmm. hanging out over here it was yeah fun. oh that does sound fun and then one night my older son and i decided to scare the crap out of them <laughs> it was my younger son's soccer party. They'd won, uh-huh. I think they even second or something. They were eight, but little eight-year-old boys. Mm-hmm. And so they had a party here, and they were going to spend it, the night. They were camping out in one of the bedrooms on the second floor. And so Grant and I put sheets over our heads, and we went out on the balcony. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and we danced around a little bit, kind of woo yeah. woo you know scratched on the screen oh yeah then the crying began and the screaming you know it's it's 
never the same after that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of takes and the fun you, out of it. Yeah, well, then you go inside, and they're crying, and they want to go home, and it's two yeah. o'clock in the morning, yeah. and you're saying things like, no, 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 you don't want to go home. You really don't. <laughs> yeah. Everything is fine. It was just Grant and I. We were just having yeah. a little, we were just playing a little trick on you. Yeah. It was just absolutely you're a bad mommy. Oh <laughs> There's gosh. nothing worse than an eight-year-old oh looking at you and saying, you're a bad mommy. Oh <laughs> you know, no, no I'm not. I'm not a bad mommy. You, you want to go to the 7-Eleven store? We could go over and play games. I had money on me. I took them to the convenience store and we stayed there till four in the morning playing pinball and stuff. Oh my gosh. Get them to keep from going home. And, yeah. So maybe I was a bad mom. <laughs> no, I have a... They're all grown. They're fine now. They're fine. My dad, when I was a kid, I got really into aliens at one point. I was so obsessed with, like, aliens in outer space. And I loved that. And I was about, oh, maybe 11 or 12 years old. And I had a little friend over for a sleepover. And we went out and played on the trampoline. We thought we were... We were out there with my mom. And then all of a sudden, like, everything got quiet and there was this huge flash on the side of the house, like a big burst of light and a growl. And so my friend and I and my mom bolt inside the house, terrified. And I pick up the phone. I'm ready to call 911, tell them that there are aliens at my house. And my dad comes in the house like he, he comes down the hall and he goes, what's going on? What's going on? And he perpetuates this. It was him. Pretending to be to an, be alien. Into an alien. Yes. Oh. And it scared me. you were me. the one who calls the police. Your mother runs. Yeah. Yeah. My, my mom, like, she runs in the house first. And then she asked me later, she was like, do you really think I would have run in the house first? Like, if I thought something was going to get you? And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> no faith at all in her, right? Yeah. 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 That's kind of how my kids were. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, mother would do things like that. That's yeah. what they would think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, do you want to <laughs> tell about the murder mystery dinners that you do? Sure. Every Friday and Saturday night, we do murder mysteries. And we have a murder mystery dinner. You have to call and make reservations. And you get to play a character. We take between 20 and 40 people. Everybody plays a character. It's absolutely hysterical. There's that nothing scary so about it. It is so much fun. And um, we, I've written all the murder mysteries. And one of them, We Go Out to the Graveyard, is based on a true story. And we're, they're kind of a dressy event. They're not something you can come to in jeans mm -hmm. or shorts. you got to be kind of dressed. Because they're written in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Okay. And... It starts with a cocktail party and something happens. Mm -hmm. And then we go into dinner and something happens and then somebody dies. Mm -hmm. And we spend the rest of the evening figuring out how to do it. Oh, my gosh. And it's one of them that dies. Not really. I mean, just, you know, for yeah. pretend. We call them back and say, <laughs> yeah. by the way, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. And they do right on time or we'd have to kill them. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing how you can get people to do things. Oh, the, my you gosh. You know, the... The confidence that you show in your voice when you're talking with somebody gives them a lot of, of ability to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. So we call them back, and we don't give them a choice. Mm -hmm. we, we don't say, gosh, do you think you could die for us tonight? Yeah. Well, yeah really? <laughs> right. Okay. There's not a chance in hell they're going to die for you. Yeah. But if you call them back and you say, okay, this is the way this murder mystery goes, blah, 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 and you're going to die. When uh -huh. I do this signal, I need you to die. Just get up, act like you're having some kind of a seizure or something, fall, you know, kind of drape yourself into the floor. Yeah. And then die. Yeah. And they do it right on time. 
That's so amazing. And it's amazing. And I've been doing this for 34 years. We've that been sounds doing like this. so much yeah. fun. Oh, oh my it gosh. Is, it's a blast. I'm going to have to come and to one of those. The clues are funny. The characters mm-hmm. are very funny. That It's just really a lot of fun. I'm invi- I'm inviting you to come. Oh, I would love to. Yes. Oh, Anytime that would be. Anytime you can get away for a Friday or Saturday night. I would love to. Call me and we'll, we'll get you in. Okay. And uh, bring a friend or I don't know if you're married. Are you married? No, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> did you hear that out there? In, in, uh, <laughs> I am single. In pop podcast land <laughs> i'm sure there's another podcast person out there for you oh, thank you and you want to come to the stone lion in with her don't you <laughs> i'm trying to get you a date here thank okay? you thank you so much becky <laughs> i appreciate it my mom will appreciate oh, it too oh yeah your mom told me already no <laughs> she, she called you and asked yeah, you yeah <laughs> she did she's put a plug in for the kid you know yeah. oh my gosh that's so funny oh you have been absolutely delightful. I have had so much fun listening to your stories. Like I could listen all day, all night. Like it's so great. Um, well, thank is, you. I'm is glad there, you enjoyed it. Is there anything else that you want to mention? We, we are doing tours now. Okay. Um, it was something I did when I first started out, and then we kind of lost doing it because we got so busy. But we are giving tours now of the Stone Lion Inn. You need to call and mm-hmm. uh, for reservations. The cost is $15. It takes about an hour and a half. You get to go to all four floors. You get to see every room in the house. And we tell you the history of the house and ghost stories. Oh, how fun. Yeah. And we're oh, gonna, my gosh. If, it, if we get keep getting building up uh, as many but as much business as we have been, we're going to do a nighttime ghost stories also on probably oh. Sunday night and Thursday night. Oh, I'm all about we'll that. Do a, a nighttime one and let oh. everybody go through it with flashlights or something. Oh, how much fun. Yeah, oh my fun. gosh. You'll have to let me know when that starts because that would be in the fall when it's okay. cooler. Yeah. Oh yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Oh, I'm sweating. Yeah. Oh. But, um, I guess that that's, that's about all I've got for you guys today on this one. And, um, I do have an announcement, um, today, my short story that I've been telling you guys about goes live on Amazon, so you can buy that for two ninety nine. If you like horror stories that are kind of fun and um, a little bit spooky, that might be something you want to check out. And there are t-shirts for sale in the shop that is linked on Instagram. Follow the Instagram at Erioki, and Facebook is the same. There's a Facebook group, Erioki's, and I think that that's everything. So thank you again for doing this. It's been great. Thank you for having me. I've had a great afternoon. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Good. I'm glad. All right. Y'all stay spooky.